Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. If Jesus suffered, we'll suffer. If Jesus went through difficulty, we'll go through difficulty. That's why Paul the Apostle said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, but he didn't stop there in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's part of the journey. That's part of the race. That's part of what the Christian life is all about. You can't take it out because if you take it out, you take the cross out of Christianity. And Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet How do we respond to adversity in our lives? Are we living to accomplish what God has for us? In today's study, Pastor Ed will encourage us to look at Jesus who endured so much adversity during his life. We are told if Jesus suffered, we will suffer. We can't take away the suffering and hardships in life. We are called to endure during hard times. How we respond during those times is a reflection of what we believe about who Jesus is to us. Look to Jesus and follow Him. He will give you strength to endure. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Running the Race. on going. You may be troubled by things around you or things within you or things behind you or things in front of you, but keep on keeping on. There's a great cloud of witnesses and they're watching you run the race that God's called you to run. And so there's that encouragement. There are encumbrances encumbrances. If you look at the biblical text, verse 1, it says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are encumbrances, things that just burden you, weigh you down. There are things like that. Uh, In the NIV, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. What are some of those burdens that keep you from being all that God wants you to be? Well, it could be a bowling ball or a golf club. It could be a tennis racket or a motorcycle. It could be a job or... It could be some other pursuit. Anything that dampens your ardor, your ardor, your devotion to God. Be willing to put it aside and run the race. The most important thing in your life is your relationship to God. Nothing is more important than that. Nothing is more critical than that. Nothing is going to have more lasting impact on you than that relationship with Him. And so make that central. It was J. Wilbur Chapman who said, 
The rule that governs my life is this. Anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps my prayer life or makes Christian work difficult, it's wrong for me. And as a Christian, I must turn from it. Some may do it legitimately, but you can't. Some may be able to do things that you can't do because somehow that slows you down that hinders you, that becomes a burden to you. But you run and you cast off everything that might hinder you. Uh, Those runners would take away all the unnecessary weight so that they could run the race and they could be their best. There are also things that bind us. Not only that burden us, but bind us in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Sin is sin. If it's wrong for her, it's wrong for her. If it's wrong for him, it's wrong for him. Uh, You're not an exception to it. You don't get a special dispensation of grace. And God says, well, it's wrong for everybody else, but you can get away with it. No, no, no. Sin will tangle you up, will trip you up, will keep you from doing and being all that God wants you to do and all that God wants you to be. And so we have to deal with sin. Don't tolerate it. Don't allow it in your life. See, God is no respecter of persons if he judges sin somewhere else he'll judge it over here too so deal with sin in your life don't let anything encumber you be diligent and be drastic if you have to to eliminate things out of your life that hinder your relationship with God or that bind you up and trip you up and keep you from winning the race and becoming what God wants you to be. So there's encumbrances, but we're encouraged also to endure, to endure. The Christian race is not a stroll in the rose garden. It's not living out our Christian life in a playground. It's a battlefield. It's a war. It's a conflict. The conflict of the ages. And as soon as we realize and recognize that, we'll be able to run the race the way God wants us to run. In Hebrews 12.1, it says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be obstacles. You notice the text says, and let us run with perseverance. That's the NIV. Or the idea is that you keep on keeping on. You keep on bearing down. You keep on going forward. You endure. Some people expect the Christian life to be a life where they're sitting on the beach and they're sipping some type of a drink out of a straw. And it's just going to, no, no, it's an endurance test. And so we're encouraged 
to endure this faith. Jerry Bridges said, endurance and perseverance are qualities we would all like to possess, but we are loath to go through the process that produces them. It's the pressure, it's the stress, it's the opposition, it's the difficulty that are forming character and strength within you. If you look at Abraham and say, Abraham, how did you become a man of faith? Look at the trials that he went through. Look at the difficulties that he went through. Look at all that he experienced. Those things made him and formed him and shaped him. I dare say, if you would take trials and difficulties out of your life, you would be merely a hothouse plant that would wither at the slightest trial that comes into your life. In the journals of John Wesley, he kept very meticulous journals. He would preach even though he wasn't well received. Here's an example of his journal for a period of time. Sunday a.m., May 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m., May 5th, preached at St. John's. Deacons said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m., May 12th, preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday p.m., May 12th, preached at St. George's, kicked out again. Sunday a.m., May 19th, preached at somebody else's. A deacon's called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. (laughs) Sunday a.m., May 26th, preached out in the meadow, chased out of the meadow when a bull was turned loose during the service. (laughs) Sunday a.m., June 2nd, preached out at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m., June 2nd, afternoon service, preached in the pasture, 10,000 people came. It takes perseverance. It takes determination. It takes endurance. Don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on those children. Don't give up on that relationship with God. Don't give up. Just keep on keeping on. Sometimes the endurance, especially difficult, when we look at the differences, we turn and look at our brother, our sister, and we say, boy, I like their track a little better. In Hebrews 12:1, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There's a race marked out for you. God has marked out a race. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the author and the finisher of your life. All your days before one of them came to be, God planned them out. There's the race. And you might say, this is wonderful. But look what she has. You know, if I had that type of situation, I could do good too. I could really live a Christian life. If I got his paycheck, I could really live a Christian life. We begin to look at somebody else's race, and we begin to 
compare ourselves with one another. And the Bible, of course, says that's unwise to do. There's a race marked out for us. Your race will include something that someone else's does. does Because God is speaking and working through you in a very specific and special way. Uh, You look in Hebrews chapter 11, some people like Daniel were delivered supernaturally. Some people, they were allowed to go and face martyrdom. It's different for different people. It doesn't mean that God is not at work in their lives, but he has chosen and marked out a race very specifically for you that will bring him honor and glory, that you are gifted and called to run. Finally and last, we've looked at the encouragement, the encumbrances, and the endurance. We need to look at the example. In 12.2, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's saying, give your attention to Jesus. Give your attention to Jesus. Our attention must be turned to him. Now, look at Moses. It's okay. Look at Joshua. It's okay. Uh, Look at Jacob. It's okay. But look beyond them, too. Look beyond them to their coach. Look beyond them to the one who inspired them. Look beyond them to the one who gave them strength to run the race in the way they've run the race. Look to Jesus. Don't make the mistake and fix your eyes on the church. You'll be discouraged because the church is filled with people with feet of clay who are flawed and weak just like you. If you focus your attention on those around you rather than Jesus Christ, you'll lose the way. You'll stumble, you'll fall, you'll get discouraged, you'll get disheartened. Like Peter, you'll find yourself sinking in the waves. Now, fix your eyes. In Hebrews 3, 1, it says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Keep your mind stayed upon the Lord. Look at him and let him direct you. Let him guide you. Let his voice be the voice that you hear and listen to and that you know our attention belongs to him. But not only our attention, our reflection. Our reflection. In verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Sometimes we say, oh, look at the trials that's come my way. Well, just look at Jesus. We're to walk in the footsteps of Christ. We're to follow in his footsteps. We're to follow after him. Look what Jesus endured. His own family didn't believe him. Brothers and sisters, his own hometown tried to kill him and throw him off the cliff. He endured the contradiction of sinners. Look, he was the son of God. He was the God of glory. He was God. But yet when he came 
His own received him not. There in the garden of Gethsemane, he's in agony, sweating, as it were, drops of blood. And he cries out, prays out, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. God the Father's will was always preeminent in his life, always dominated his thinking. It was the center of what he did and how he lived, the will of God. See, Jesus lived to do the Father's will. Jesus lived to accomplish the Father's will. That's what it was about for him. And where to follow in his steps. If Jesus suffered, we'll suffer. If Jesus went through difficulty, we'll go through difficulty. That's why Paul the apostle said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, but he didn't stop there in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's part of the journey. That's part of the race. That's part of what the Christian life is all about. You can't take it out because if you take it out, you take the cross out of Christianity. And Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. Uh, Danny Vale's wife, Glenera, uh, choir calls her Nora, and Glenera suffered so much when she accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. Her sister was beaten by her brother, the people in the community, because it was Muslim, uh, began to persecute the family in different ways. One of the leading men in the community threatened when they heard that Christianity had come to that household that they were going to burn down their house. Eventually, her mother came to accept Christ as her personal savior. And the leader of that community went to her mother and said, um, if you don't turn back, turn around, give up this Christian faith, we're going to, when you die, just let you be out in the street. We're not going to let you give you a place in the graveyard, in the cemetery. She said, so be it. She said, I'll be in God's hands then. We need to hear the voice of the martyrs of the persecuted church, of men and women who have followed Christ, and it cost them greatly. The Christian faith is a race that we must run. It's an endurance that we must embrace. And we have Christ's example of that. He was the author, the finisher. That means the pace setter. Uh, he was uh, the founder. He was the one who showed us how to run. He began, and now we're just following in his tracks. We're watching our coach. He's directing us. He's guiding us. He's speaking to us, and we're listening, and we're following, and we're running after him. But we're also running in his steps, following in his path. He is the trailblazer. He is the pioneer of our faith, and we're going after him. Listen, don't be thinking it's strange, the fiery trials you go through at times, uh, this suffering, that persecution, this thing happening. You just keep on going. That's part of the Christian life. 
One author said, the example of Christ is supreme in its authority. It is our mandate for daily conduct. And from it, there can be no turning back. The example of Christ is supreme in its authority. It has authority and it rains down to us and speaks to us. This is how we are to live the Christian life. It was July 5th, 1924, the eighth Olympia of modern times that Eric Little had a conviction as a Christian that he couldn't run on Sunday. He considered it the Sabbath. Whether you agree with him or not, you have to admire his conviction to do the will of God. And that meant that he wouldn't be able to run in a hundred meter. And that's the one he had especially trained for. And there was all sorts of pressure from his teammates, from coaches, from the political powers to be. The heir apparent to the throne of England tried to convince him, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't. And he ran in the 400 meter. He broke the world's record. He won the gold. It was 47.6 seconds. And the crowd just cheered and stood up and applauded him. Prior to him running that, one of the coaches gave him a slip of paper. And that slip of paper said, those that honor me, I will honor. He wouldn't let loose of his convictions. He was going to run in faith and he was going to stay with what God had spoken to his heart. How can you finish the race that you started? Hebrews tells us there's a great cloud of witnesses They made it, you can make it too. They're cheering you on. There are things you don't understand, things that frustrate you, things that weary you. But listen to the voices of the multitude that no man could number, cheering you on, saying, go for it. Every encumbrance. It may be legitimate things. It may be sinful things. Get rid of it. Run the race. Do what God wants you to do. Set your mind, have a a way of thinking that says, I am going to run this race. I'm going to endure. Life is about testing. It is about trial. It is about a battle. And look at one example primarily. The example of Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And you run for him and you run towards him. You run so that one day you could stand before him and then bow before him and then cast your crowns at his feet and say, thank you, Lord. And then when you run in that way, with that type of motivation, you'll be assured. 
hear those welcoming words of God the Father into his heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. Building in faith. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching series entitled Faith. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word